Welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. And we are discussing Mr. Miracle number 19 from September 1977, written by Steve Englehart with pencils by Marshall Rogers and inks by Dick Giordano, Michael Netzer, Al Milgram, Jack Abel, Joe Brzezowski, Terry Austin, Neil Adams, Marshall Rogers, and Ellen Weiss, all credited as Ilya Hunch. I don't know if you had all that under your list of uh, inkers on this issue. I did. I saw the inkers that there's tons of them in the book. Yeah. In the issue itself, it only says Marshall Rogers and Ilya Hunch. Yeah. I there was a uh, mention of it, I think, in the contemporary issue of the Comic Reader, and they talk about how each of different inkers ink different characters, and Neil Adams just inks the first page, uh, just Scott Free's eyes, because they said, no one draws eyes like Neil Adams, and we wanted real depth in those eyes. Oh, well, I'm looking at it right now. It's, it, it looked different. It looked, um, so when I was looking at it, the art I like the art. I mean, like, I have a whole bunch of lists of what I liked and what I didn't per usual, but I enjoyed the art, and probably because there's a lot of artists, like, really talented people worked on it, and including Marshall Rogers, who I really like. Mm-hmm. This is the return of Mr. Miracle after a few years away. Uh, it was created, not created. This issue was done, as I said, by Steve Englehart. Englehart says that, that Mr. Miracle was revived for him and Marshall Rogers because they had extra time on their schedule mm-hmm. and Englehart asked for them to revive it. I'm not sure it's a great revival of the curvy spirit, but I think it's a pretty darn great comic book. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I thought I, so I have some, would you like me to kind of go through what like notes of like what I like, thought about it, what I liked and had some oh, issue? of course, I appreciate you mentioning that, uh, I did not realize the just the eyes. This Adams doing the eyes, like one of the, what I liked was the art. I really enjoyed the art. I also I liked the fact that they there's some funny parts about when they go into detail about Mother Box. On page eleven, panel five, Scott says it's almost like a romantic really because he has to let go of the Mother Box. Like I loved you and you love me. But now I love Barda in a different way. It's like, uh, see, I've been there with the mother box. In another way, yeah. That that was a little of a weird line, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, I read it on digital, like as it's shown in Comixology and Hoopla. So the, the one thing that I didn't like was um, the coloring just doesn't come out properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. It's just not as attractive as if you were to read it in the original issues. And then some of the things that I had problems with was um, the characterization of uh, Barda because she's more of a damsel in distress, which I don't really like. I'd rather she be the, I'd rather Scott be the damsel in distress or like, you know, because she's like the greatest warrior and gets carried off by, but anyways. And then, but I, what I did like is that we discussed this before during the Tom King call, um, um, discussion last time was I wanted like a sitcom-esque show or a book and this is very much to your point as you alluded to earlier 
very much like a sitcom type, even in terms of budgeting, like they're hanging out and they're, they're, they're on their, it seems like that's how you budget it too. Like they're hanging out on uh, New Genesis and then all of a sudden all the villains come through and like they carry him off and then he has to fight. So it's kind of like a sitcom-ish. It's good and bad. That said, it's not at all Kirby's energy and I didn't like Barda's characterization, but it was fun. It's fun comics. It's not like, oh my God, life sucks comics. <laughs> no, it's not, oh my God, life sucks. It's not Tom King, thank God. Uh, so first of all, in terms of the coloring, I have the original right in front of me and the, the coloring works perfectly there. Mm-hmm. There's, there's this really nice kind of sense of the colors being muted inside the, the papers absorbing the color on the page. So I'm, look, I'm looking at page nine, for example. You know, there's a panel of Oberon talking to Scott and that panel has all kinds of greens in it. Mm-hmm. And on, the, on my iPad screen, it looks like Oberon's almost lost in the greens. Mm-hmm. It's got this kind of almost putrid look to it. In the comic, it looks a lot more, he pops a lot more and the coloring is just a lot more pleasant. Mm-hmm. And that it just doesn't have that kind of, kind of pukey green coloring to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and like if I look at page 11 also, like page 11 is like really lurid, the bottom half of it mm-hmm. on my screen. Scott's costume especially is like almost too bright. It's like neon colors almost on the screen but in the comic it looks really good i think what about it looks the a lot black- more like mm-hmm. it 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 fits the, the paper and stuff how's the uh no i don't have the issue in front of me i'm looking at the digital how how does uh on page 11 panel one and two how does uh granny goodness come off in terms of color is it gray tone or is it like i think it looks like zip tone yeah it is gray tone uh I think it is toned. Yeah, it's zipatone for sure. Yeah, and that you kind of don't really see it the same on the iPad mm-hmm. screen. You can see the matrix or the dots, but they're like blended in more. I yeah. don't think they recolored this though. I think they're working from the original colors. It's just That's that. I, yeah. Because like we saw with the uh, reprints of the Kirby run, they had recolored a lot of the pages. This looks the same, just mm-hmm. that like the medium was different. I almost feel like um, they've scanned these off of the trade paperbacks mm-hmm. instead of like paper color. I guess you know to your point, yeah, they wouldn't. Where would where if they don't recolor, where would they scan it from? So yeah, they need to be the colors all need to be taken down just twenty percent mm-hmm. on, on my iPad. This is on the the version of it that's on Hoopla. since you you recommended that to me. Secondly, Barda. Barda, I I read the entire second half of Uh this whole revival. Barda is just never, she just never is who she is in the Kirby run. She's a real secondary character. And it's so unfortunate because she's so strong and so great and so Mm -hmm. like invested in who she is. And here, yeah, she's just like this, this kind of just almost not throwaway character, but she's not who she usually is. When we get the scenes of her fighting, but even there, like on page five, like I can't imagine her ever punching out Granny Goodness. Yeah. 
And if she does, she'd be punching at other people too. It almost seems like, I, I, I'm not gonna, you know, put this on the writer, but on Engelhardt, it all seems like, they're like, well, girls are okay to fight with girls and guys will fight with guys. Like she doesn't even beat up the guys. They just basically grab her and like, you know, subdue her. And it's like, she's stronger than all of them. She, she could, and that's one thing that maybe I didn't allude to last week on Tom King's book is like, I thought that he got the Barda characterization down pat. Whereas mm-hmm. in this one is like, my favorite character is not what she's supposed to be, not the way um, Jack Kirby envisioned her, in my opinion. No, I don't think so at all. Uh, she just doesn't really have the same sort of agency or approach to her for it to have her be a kidnap victim of all mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Just it's so off. Yeah. And maybe this is a, on page five, as you alluded to the last panel, when she punches out Granny Goodness, it's actually not, it almost seems like a slap. It's not like a real fighting technique, you know? And maybe that's just Marshall Rogers' style, or maybe I'm just reading too much. I just think the characterization is not good. It just doesn't fit Barta as we've always seen her. Mm-hmm. I mean, the characterizations are definitely off here. Mm-hmm. Scott also feels just a little off. He's too willing to give up what he had invested so much into before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scenes where they're frolicking on New Genesis right at the very beginning, you know, they, they just seem like they're not as connected to the world as, as they should be. Yeah. They're talking about being gods. I mean, Kirby never called them gods. He used that yeah. term celestials. Yeah. I, I even think like he, while like, he's like the prince like they'll they'll like you know like allude to him as like a prince of like you know new genesis you know it's like he was like the cool thing about him was like he came to earth and he was like regular you know mm-hmm. if anything i mean again like Engelhardt is a veteran but if it was me writing i would have had him having a hard time living on new genesis and just wanting to have a regular life being a skate artist how is he doing, like, if skate artists, like, being a skate artist is, like, his favorite thing to do, how is he doing that on New Genesis? Is he, you know, like, um, yeah. so those are some of the problems. I mean, I, I still like the art, I and mean, the art even seems kind of like, it, it's not even Mystic Miracle. To me, it would be, like, Flash Gordon-y art type of thing, you know? Especially this- in the first few pages on New Genesis. Yeah. I mean, Roger's art, especially on page two, and then again uh, in the other pages when he portrays New Genesis, is just spectacular. I mean, it does it look like something out of Flash Gordon. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's like the one thing I want to say. One thing that was really cool that stood out to me was if you go to page two, the third, the second panel, where you, I think that's Barda's statue. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of um, Frank Miller a little bit and also Michelle Fifi who's like a you know an, a, an artist who I'm sure read a lot of Marshall Rogers I almost feel like that's kind of cool I like that yeah that statue is so cool with all the thing with the things in their hands mm-hmm. and the wires I just love that look that's mm-hmm. so powerful it's a good it's good I mean the art's great whether it's all Marshall Rogers. I guess Marshall Rogers inked himself too. I'd be interested in seeing which pages he inked. I wish they would say that. 
they inked characters. So you can see Jack Abel's inks on High Father. Oh, I uh, can't. <laughs> Dick Giordano definitely inked Barda because it's a Dick Giordano page, uh, face oh. on page two, panel three on Barda. It, there's a whole mix. I think it's Alan Weiss ink. It looks like Alan Weiss's inks on Scott. So it's a whole mix of people. Mm, wow. That's interesting. I like the um, lettering that, you know, like with boom and, you know, the boom lettering on page four. And then there's a lettering of a gun shooting. It's like shoom, the page five. So yeah, that's something Rogers was always known for, was his, his wild lettering. You read, his, you read his Batman run, right? I have not. I have the issues, but I have not read his Batman. I've seen the, the famous cover of Joker pointing to the screen to vote for Joker or something like that. It's very good. Mm. So I, I highly recommend reading it. And there's a lot of scenes that Rogers draws in that comic where he does similar things. Mm -hmm. There's a scene where Bruce Wayne's girlfriend is Silver St. Cloud in that book. And she slams the door and it's a whole panel of the word slam. Oh, cool. I mean, my favorite panel was um, on the last page, page 17, panel three, which I posted on Facebook and, and uh, Instagram saying like, hey, I'm excited to talk about this issue. Here's my favorite panel. It's, it's, like such a, a, it's such a great panel. It comes off on digital too. The coloring is so cool. Like, it seems like it's like a like a 60s coloring, like it reminds me, there's this book uh, by Guy Pillard. It's like, and the coloring is just so cool. Like, or like the coloring seems like uh, the Beatles, the, the the Yellow Submarine comic. Yeah. And then the lettering is awesome. Karoom. Yeah. That's, what, that's the case where the coloring is perfect on, on digital. It's mm -hmm. a lot more subdued in the comic and it's not nearly as exciting. Oh, really? Interesting. That use of pink and purple on it is so great. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're, you're right on on that. I think he's, it's Liz Barub, actually, the colorist. And I would have thought that he might have done the, the sound lettering, but it, you mentioned, I think it sounds like Marshall Rogers is the one who did those big letters. Yeah, it was all, uh, it was all work that Rogers drew on the comics page, yeah. The reason I know is because I was like, I, I wanted to know who did it. And it's like a Liz Baru, which I've never heard of either. She was a DC staffer at the time. She had a lot of lettering in that time frame. Hmm. It's funny, back then, you don't really get credit for coloring, you know? Or nowadays, coloring actually, back then, inkers were the ones who drove the, you know, the final product it seems like, whereas in now it's the colorist were the, kind of almost up there, in my opinion, as superstars. Yeah, it's really changed, hasn't it? So one of the other things about this issue is just struck me as so 1970s. Mm. It's, it's so wordy and there's so much going on and the panels are all so busy. And as you called out too, there's, there is that weird thing where Bart is treated like she just doesn't have the power to change her life in a way. You know, she just is treated as like, I think unconsciously just treated as not like Scott's equal. Mm. And, you know, it, 
everything about it just feels like a 70s comic book to me. Mm-hmm. I think Englehart was a great writer for his time, but maybe it doesn't read as well now as he did before. Just everything just feels like it's not quite as good as it could be, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's coming off of King, who was who's kind of state of the art now, and Kirby, who kind of transcends his times, where this just feels very like from its time. Yeah. I mean, I think with this one, I um I can't blame them. I mean, they're not as talented as Kirby. This is what I would want in a way. Like, I think it, because that's how Kirby's was. It's almost like a sitcom show, you know? Mm-hmm. But you know, if the char- if they would have gotten the characterizations down pat and if it wasn't of the time as you mentioned, I think they could have done a good one. I mean. Uh, I guess we'll we'll be discussing the rest of the issues in the coming weeks, and um, maybe I, I mean you read it, but I don't know how what it's going to turn. But it sounds like it doesn't get much better. I think it's better than average for its time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, Ilya Hunch is a pseudo name for Marshall Rogers. It's a nom de plume for okay. thinking himself. I just okay. looked it. Oh, interesting. And there are a lot of great touches here. The excitement Oberon feels when he sees Scott, for example, that's just so great. Like, like he's just, okay. he couldn't be happier, right? And this is like, obviously this guy who's been, feels like he's been put out to pasture. He's done, he's retired. Mm-hmm. Uh, the happiest thing in his life is now over with. You know, for, for years he worked for the original Mr. Miracle, then for Scott and Barda, and that's gone, right? So all that's left in his house is all his mementos that are all over the house. But like, he he pretty much is living what seems like a boring life. Although he's still wearing those crazy outfits. Yeah, at least he's wearing pants now. <laughs> but he's still wearing those wacky tights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I like the, the way he's used there, and the way Scott throws him on his back, and they fly above the Golden Gate Bridge or wherever that is. Yeah, it must be the Golden Gate Bridge mm-hmm. out to the Hoover Dam and stuff. That's just a really fun set of scenes. Another one of your great sound effects in the middle of that on page whoop, 10. The whoop, whoop. I like the use of Zipatone too. He does that quite a bit. At least not quite a bit, but I see it. It's kind of cool. It's very slick for its time, isn't it? Yeah, like on page 13, panel five, there's also some, I mean, I'm calling it Zipatone. I don't know what official term for it. Is. I don't know what that effect is supposed to be. Those vertical lines. Something's applied behind them. It's a weird effect. Yeah, and the third panel too, they have some the coloring or the gray tones are not drawn obviously. They're like they pasted up. Yeah. But Rogers looks like Rogers drew a real Kirby kind of mechanism that Bart is trapped inside. Mm, yeah. See, for me, Rogers is a great cartoonist, but he's awkward too. And this really shows why he's kind of great and awkward at the same time. Like, just like the very beginning, like the way Barter's drawn on page two, the big panel, panel one, her body's just a little weird. Like, I can't figure out Mm. like how her hips are working in that panel. Yeah. I could see why he's a great Batman artist. Mm -hmm. Like, like here, Scott looks like Nightwing and Barda looks like Talia, actually. Oh, yeah, I see that. 
is people just don't feel there's just always something a little awkward about the way he draws mm-hmm. them. Some of the scenes are just captured gorgeously, but like the scene you're just talking about where Barta punches, oh, I hate that, Barta punches Granny Goodness. There's no reason for him not to show her fist. Instead, she shows Barta's foot off the ground, mm-hmm. but not the fist punching. And that's just weird. And the storytelling approach on that whole page, page five, is just so odd with the villains coming down and then we got to look up Barda's nose as she's fighting mm-hmm. with the villains on the side and then look straight on to Kanto and then look on the other side to Scott the next here there's no flow to his storytelling mm, yeah I, I want to say from a drafting perspective I do like the way she he draws a uh, granny and some and the villains I think mm-hmm. he gets them yeah, he draws a great canto. Yeah, the canto is good. I think Granny Goodness is Granny Goodness looks like a female wrestler, almost kind of like the wrestlers that um that Jaime Hernandez draws. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Um, actually, one of the comics that Jaime has, one of the wrestlers kind of looks like her. Yeah, and I like the trap Scott gets stuck in. Rogers was famous for liking to draw backgrounds and buildings. Mm. So the sequence on page 14, where the villains are taking Scott through Apocalypse to the pit where they're going to throw him into, those first three panels, the, the ones offset on the left, mm-hmm. those are just as gorgeously drawn as anything else in the whole book. Mm-hmm. You really get a scent. Oh, I guess it's inside the, the cavern, rather. The, the mining cavern, because they haven't gone back to Apocalypse yet. Yeah. That's like the level of detail in there is pretty amazing. He's drawing all these bricks, all the shading there. There's this, there's a window that he draws in like extreme detail. Mm-hmm. There's even a light that's partially covered by a word balloon. Like all that is like, there's a lot of work that goes into that. Mm-hmm. Rogers wasn't compromising. He was all in on this book. Mm, yeah there's a couple of things that actually remind me as you mentioned that i do like the art obviously we talked about it i like canto's uh characterization mm-hmm. i think it's on point and i like the detail that like you mentioned like the drawing part but i like the detail that both Engelhart and marshall rogers go into like how he can how he can escape you know all the tools like he puts the tool in his mouth one of them is under his finger you know that kind of a thing mm-hmm. so he doesn't have to use the mother box I feel like, I mean, this is not a criticism of Kirby at all, but like in the comics with Kirby, you never knew how he got out of it. Right. And so here, I mean, you do, but it was always like a mother box, hashtag mother box. <laughs> or then now it's like, or because mother box, I got out of this because mother box. But this one, at least he's got some tools, you know? Yeah. But then on the flip side, part of what makes it feel so 1970s is like, Page 15, Scott's monologuing to himself and thought okay. balloons, giving us, you know, expository dumps. Well, yeah, uh, Engelhart's got to earn his money somehow. <laughs> I was just thinking about calling Amir up on the Zoom session. So I set up the meeting time, blah, 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 no. blah, blah. I mean, it feels so awkward. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, thank you, Engelhardt, for letting us know why this is all working. But 
it, it, it is kind of a wall of words. I guess that's the trade-off. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Maybe kids need to learn how to read. <laughs> well, I actually did literally read, read, learn to read reading this book. This came out. I probably bought it off the newsstands when I was 11 years old. Mm. Do you have that original issue or you have to go buy a new one? This is a one I bought over the years. Mm. At, at one point, I got rid of almost my entire comic collection. Mm. So Mr. Miracle was one I replaced, at least the Engelhardt issues. Mm -hmm. I think I may have kept the Gerber issues that come later in the run. Mm. The, that, that's Gerber, Michael Golden, and Russ Heath. It's about as they're just gorgeous, gorgeous comic books. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading them. So Mr. Miracle 19, The Revival, it's pretty good. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was nice. It was, it was like a nice cup of tea on a Sunday morning, you know, just relaxing. And other than the fact that Barda, if Barda's characterization had been on point, I would have loved it, I think. But, but it would be a totally different comic, so. Well, set your expectations low, Amir, for the next yeah, few issues. And that's not necessarily a negative. It's just more like, it's not where the, the style of the times went. Yeah, and it's just not what I, you know, it's not, yeah, if it wasn't, it was something else, yeah, you know, but yeah, we'll see. I'll look, I'll read that. Um, looking forward to the Gerber issues, actually. So I wonder if it makes sense for us to do these next few issues as pairs of issues. So talk about yeah, 20 and 21 next week because each of them each of them kind of works well as a pair 22 and 23 really work well together as a couple issues to read together and then 24 and 25 are really closely tied to each other also okay yeah yeah i mean and these are when does gerber start are we he starts with 23 okay cool yeah yeah, yeah. i'm i'm down so next week is 2021 Oh, thank you.